What's up, Buffalonians? It's your boy, Nick English. If you want the facts, the stats, and all the sports info in the 716, you have come to the right place. This is English Encore, Buffalo's favorite sports channel. I'm your host, Nick English. Greatly appreciate everyone for tuning in today. I'll be going over the NBA draft, go over the top 10 picks, um, as well as which picks I thought were really good by teams and really bad for both the first and the second round. We'll be getting into all the other NBA news that's been happening with trades, um, free agent signings next week when me and Zach um, go back at it on Friday. Then we're going over the NFL playoff picture and going through my predictions of who's going to be the one through seven seed in both the AFC and NFC. And then ending on today's show, I'll be going over the latest news with the NHL as their season is hopefully going to be starting very soon. But starting off with the NBA draft, I'm going to kind of just go over the top 10 picks right off the bat. Anthony Edwards from Georgia went number one to the Minnesota Timberwolves. James Wiseman, who sat out most of his year um, at Memphis with some issues with the NCAA, um, went two to the Warriors. LaMelo Ball, three to the Hornets. Patrick Williams to the Bulls at four. Isaac Okoro to the Cavs at five. Onyeke Okongwu to the Hawks at six. Killian Hayes from overseas to the Pistons at seven. Obi Toppin, player of the year from Dayton, going eighth overall to the Knicks. Uh, Denny Avija from overseas going nine to the Washington Wizards. Um, and then finally, rounding out the top ten, Jalen Smith going to the Phoenix Suns. Um, so overall, not too many surprises in the top ten. I think the top three were pretty much set. Um, this is a pretty weak draft class um, compared to many other years. LaMelo Ball, to me, was the most talented player in this draft. However, I think number one and two did make the most sense just because with the Wolves, they already have D'Angelo Russell, who's still a young player, so they didn't really need a point guard, so LaMelo didn't need to go there. Warriors obviously have Steph and Clay, although Clay, another brutal injury news, tearing his Achilles in his opposite foot that he just came back from, so prayers up to him. Hornets at three, getting LaMelo Ball is a great fit for them. Um, I think it's a franchise-altering move. Hopefully, Michael Jordan can start building something special there. Um, Patrick Williams at four was a little bit of a surprise. Um, other than that, I wasn't too shocked with the rest of the top ten. Obi Toppin falling to eight was really the only other shocker to me. Um, and starting off with Obi Toppin, that was my biggest um, love of the draft for as far as team moves. Um, the Knicks getting him, I think, was a great, great move. I know some people were upset with, you know, them not getting a point guard. But, you know, point guard, I think, is usually the deepest in every draft. There's usually a lot of good free agent point guards. Um, they haven't moved on from Frank Nilakita or Dennis Smith Jr. yet. So, um, to me, I don't know if they're holding out hope that one of those two is going to be their starting point guard. But getting the type of talent that Obi Toppin is to pair with um, R.J. Barrett, I think is a very good move by the Knicks. I think that also tells you that they're not really sold on Kevin Knox, who they drafted a few years ago in the first round. Tyrese Halliburton going number 12 to the Kings, I think was the steal of the draft. Um, I think he'll fit perfectly behind De'Aaron Fox, and they could probably even play together a little bit at times with Buddy Heels on the bench. Uh, the point guard from Iowa State, he's just very good, both ends of the floor, uh, good vertical, long, lengthy guy who can play defense. 
very active with and without the ball and one of the better passers in the draft probably not the best but he's probably the second best behind Lamelo. um spurs getting trey jones in the second round at number 41 um i thought it was a great pick i thought he was a guy that could end up going in late first round but he falls into the second i think he's a perfect spurs culture fit guy comes from a good program in duke i think he'll be the perfect backup point guard to deshante murray and kind of learn um, and they'll be able to feed off each other for the next, you know, six to ten years to come. I think Trey Jones is an elite defender, um, at least at the college level. I think he'll be able to transition that. You saw it took his brother Tyus a few years to really get going, but now he's a very solid role player um, for many te- or for the few teams he's played for off the bench. I think Trey Jones will do the same thing. Um, as far as the picks, I didn't really love. I didn't love the Killian Hayes pick by the Detroit Pistons. To me, Halliburton would have been the um, better pick there just because I know they do need a point guard because Derrick Rose more than likely is going to get traded. Um, I thought Halliburton had way more upside than Hayes. Hayes kind of a wild card from overseas. Um, those guys are very hit and miss. You never know. You can get someone as good as Luka or you can get someone that's not very good from overseas like a Nilakita or Emmanuel Moutier um, type player. Um, the Hawks. Onyeki Okongwu pick was very surprising to me. Um, I actually love Okongwu's game. I just don't see the fit in Atlanta um, solely for the reason that they already have Clint Capello who they acquired in a trade from the Rockets last year. They just signed DeLil Gallinari. They have John Collins who's seeking a max contract, which I think he's going to get. Um, and they also have another couple of young guys that are at the power forward and center position, which is what Okongwu plays. So to me, it's either that you are trying to move Collins or you believe Capella's going to be gone after a few years. I just don't think it's a smart pick from the perspective of if this is a guy that you want to you know, build around to go along with Trey Young and Cam Reddish and some of those younger players, even John Collins still pretty young. Um, I think you're taking a lot of minutes away from him. If their plan is to let him sit for a year or two and kind of learn and develop, um, I guess I see where that works, but right now I just think it's a little bit of a confusing pick. And then Uduka Azubuki, number 27 of the Jazz. Um, Azubuki is definitely a big body and was a force um, when he was in college at Kansas. I just don't think his game translates to the NBA as well as a lot of people think it does. They already have Rudy Gobert, and you know Rudy Gobert is a great defender and Azubuki can maybe come in and do that same type of thing but offensively I think he's still pretty limited um so to me I thought they were going to go for more small forward or power forward especially because guys like Joe Ingles are getting a lot older or even a backup point guard because you know Mike Conley has probably only got a few years left in him um so they did um they are going to probably resign Jordan Clarkson so uh you know I think that they could have went a bunch of different routes. I just kind of questioned the Azubuki pick overall. Um, moving on to the NFL, just going through, breaking down the AFC and NFC. I'm going to go through the top seven teams and the matchups that I would foresee happening. Um, just given where they're at right now, what their schedules look like going forward, um, and just where I think they're going to fit at the end of the season. I'm going to start off with the NFC. I think the Packers are going to be the number one seed and get the bye. Um, for those of you that don't remember or just don't know, the NFL did change the playoff format this year. There's going to be seven teams in each conference, so there's only one first-round bye. 
Um, I think the Packers are going to get that. I think schedule-wise, they have the easiest schedule amongst the NFC teams for the rest of the way. You know, Seattle, the Rams, and the Cardinals are all fighting for that NFC West crown. Obviously, the Eagles are more than likely going to win that division because the division is just terrible, but they're nowhere going to be near that number one seed. New Orleans is the biggest wild card, but Drew Brees looks like he's going to be out for a while, and I just don't think the combination of Taysom Hill or Jameis Winston is going to be able to propel them over um, the Packers. So I have the Packers at number one. I have Seattle at number two. I just think Russell Wilson's the second best quarterback in the NFL. You saw this past, or excuse me, you saw um, on Thursday night that they did a great job against Kyler Murray and the Cardinals. I think their defense is going to start hopefully turning the corner now. They got some of these guys like Dunlap, Jamal Adams back, uh, Snacks Harrison's got called from the practice squad. So hopefully they're going to start getting together. I think they'll be the two seed. New Orleans, I think they'll still be the three seed. I think because the Rams, Cardinals, and Seahawks are all in the same division, I think they're going to beat up on one another. And I think those two are ultimately going to fall into that wild card spot, which is kind of BS in a way because they're both going to have way better records than anyone that comes out um, of that NFC East division. But they're going to ultimately be having to play an away game, which I think is the dumbest thing in football. I think they have to change that rule. Um, just because you win your division doesn't necessarily mean you get a home game. So I think that New Orleans will be three. I think the Eagles will be the four seed. They'll be the final division winner. Um, you know, the Redskins just aren't very good. Giants are the kind of questionable. The The Cowboys just suck. Uh, the Eagles just, you know, they find ways to win some games. And they're going to end up in the playoffs again. It's always what really happens, I feel. Um, I think they'll be matching up in the first round against the Bucks because that'll be the 4-5 game. I think the Bucks have a decent schedule going forward. Um, the offense has looked a lot better the past few weeks. You know, they did get blown up by the Saints a couple weeks ago, but um, they're not going to win the division, I don't think. The Saints already beat them twice, so they're very lucky that Drew Brees wasn't injured before they had to play them. Um, I have the Cardinals getting the sixth seed, so they'll be playing the New Orleans Saints. Um, I think that'd be a really intriguing game. Kyler Murray's playing great football. I think their defense is a little bit underrated. They have a couple really good players on that side of the ball. Buda Baker, um, I think, is one of the most underappreciated players in the NFL. Then I have the Rams getting the seventh seed. I'm going to have three teams from that division making the playoffs. Um, the two teams I have just on the outside looking in are the Minnesota Vikings and Chicago Bears. Bears are just a mess. They're a fraud team. They started off with a good record, but have just fallen off the face of the earth. Vikings started off really bad, and even though they're playing some great football as of late, I think they're too far behind to catch them. So I have the Rams um, playing the Seahawks in the first round of that 2-7 matchup. Moving over to the AFC side, I think Kansas City is going to get the number one seed. I think Pittsburgh just has a tougher schedule down the stretch. I think Pittsburgh is due to lose a game or two. Ben Roethlisberger's been banged up. Uh, defensively, they had some players with some nagging injuries over the past few weeks. Casey Hayward's been getting banged up. Um, so I think Kansas City ultimately will get that first round bye. I do think Pittsburgh is going to get the number two seed um, just because of where they're at right now. I just don't see them losing enough games to not get the two seed. I think the Buffalo Bills will be the three seed. I know they have a little bit of a tougher schedule down the stretch. I still think it's a schedule that they can go four and two at the minimum in. Um, they're going to be coming off of a bye week after a really tough loss to Arizona, getting a lot of players back off the IR or COVID list. 
So that'll be good for them. I think they'll end up being the three seed and finally hosting a playoff game and winning the AFC East. Fourth, I have the Indianapolis Colts beating the Tennessee Titans. And I'll actually talk about the Titans in a second here. The Colts defensively, I think, are the best in football this year outside of maybe Pittsburgh. I think Darius Leonard's an absolute beast. Frank Wright is a great coach. Phillip Rivers does scare me at times. Um, and the offense, I think, is limited in certain ways. But because of how well their defense is built, um, I think they will win that division. They have a couple key games coming up here. Um, Baltimore is going to be my five seed. So I had them playing the Colts. Um, Baltimore, Indianapolis, and Tennessee have very tough schedules going forward. I think the Colts have the easiest of the three, especially late in the season. But Baltimore and Tennessee play each other this week. And then the loser of that game as is going to be facing three-game losers right in the face because Baltimore plays Pittsburgh next week. And then Tennessee is going to be playing Indianapolis, I believe, again. So that's a definitely bad uh, matchup for them if they were to lose um Whichever team loses pretty much is in a really tough position um, to potentially lose three straight and kind of push themselves out of the playoff picture. So obviously based on that, I have Tennessee kind of falling out of the playoff picture just because I think Baltimore's a better team. Uh, Tennessee's been banged up on defense. Uh, Van Clowney, I don't know how long he's going to be out, and they just haven't been playing good football. I think Ryan Tannehill is an okay quarterback, but he hasn't been playing great the past few weeks. Number six seed, I have the Las Vegas Raiders, just a very gritty team. Gruden's got them playing really well, so I'd have them playing the Bills in the first round. I'm just like how they're playing this year. Derek Carr's proving a lot of people wrong. I love Josh Jacobs' game. Darren Waller is the number two tight end in the NFL right now, in my opinion, behind Travis Kelsey. They're getting production out of their wide receivers where you know a lot of teams let them go, like Nelson Aguilar, guys like that have been stepping up. And then number seven seed, I have the Miami Dolphins. Miami's got a really favorable schedule down the stretch. Um, they've been playing really solid football since two. It took over. They're undefeated. Their defense has been top five all year. And I just think Brian Flores should be the coach of the year. He's been doing a phenomenal job. Um, and I think they're going to beat out some of these teams. Cleveland, they just have never proven to do anything. And I don't think that's going to change. I don't think they're going to make the playoffs, even though they don't have a hard schedule. Um, I think they're going to miss Odell Beckham down the stretch. Miles Garrett's currently hurt. And then Tennessee, like I said, they're just hurt on defense. Our defense has been bad all year. Um, Offensively, they've been struggling outside of using Derrick Henry the past few weeks. And they have a tough schedule over the next two to three weeks. And if I think they lose all three of those games, um, they're going to be putting themselves in a very tough position to make the playoffs. Um, so those are my matchups as far as the NFL playoffs are concerned. We'll have to take a look back at them um, later in the year when the playoffs do start see how close I was and then finally finishing off today's podcast episode talking about the NHL there's been rumors over the past few days that we're going to be getting the NHL news of when the season is going to start um, Elliot Freeman has been reporting on this for the past um, two to three days or so on Twitter if you want to go follow him he's one of the best people to follow as far as NHL news goes he's been talking about in the next few weeks that the NHL and the Players Association is going to be looking to finally close in on a deal to kind of get the season started. It still looks like January 1st is going to be that tentative start date. Um, now it looks like it's going to be more than likely a 60-game um, scheduled proposal. I think a lot of players and organizations think 82 would just be pushing it too much while they also don't want to play as little as 48. So I think 60 is a nice middle ground. 
They still have been having discussions about having miniature hubs um, and bubbles like they did last year. But right now, it more looks like they're going to do um, just different divisions. So I'm just going to quickly go over the rumor new divisions um, based on what's going on in the world with COVID. Um, obviously, the United States and Canada have different things going on with COVID. I think Canada's done a really good job um, of managing what's been going on there. They pretty much are not letting anyone travel into the U.S. at all or vice versa. So the thing that's tough is there's a lot of Canadian teams, um, seven to be exact. So pretty much the proposed division is that Canada is going to have its own separate division. So that would include Calgary, the Oilers, Senators, Leafs, Canucks, Canadians, and Winnipeg Jets. So they would all be one division. The East Division would then consist of Buffalo, Boston, Carolina, the Islanders, the Rangers, the Flyers, and the Washington Capitals. Then in the Central, you'd have the Chicago Blackhawks, Blue Jackets, Detroit Red Wings, Florida Panthers, Nashville Predators, Pittsburgh Penguins, St. Louis Blues, and the Tampa Bay Lightning. And then finally in the West, you would have the Anaheim Ducks, the Coyotes, the Avalanche, the Dallas Stars, the Los Angeles Kings, the Minnesota Wild, the San Jose Sharks, and the Vegas Golden Knights. So those are the proposed new um, division realignments. Supposedly, we don't know if that's confirmed yet. I think it would make the most sense. Canada, obviously, is going to have to have a division all themselves because it's just going to be too hard to try to get all the Canadian teams in the U.S. to play in certain places. It's a lot different where in the NBA, you know, the Raptors are going to be playing in Tampa this year. Um, you know, the Blue Jays played in Buffalo. It just, it's a lot different when there's so many more Canadian teams to, compared to other big four sports. So I just think Canadian division would be the easiest thing. So those teams can travel and play against each other. Um, the division is definitely going to hurt some teams and the playoffs will definitely be a little bit different. I think, because it's going to be hard to do East and West when you're going to have a mixture of, um, some East teams in Western Conference, uh, you know, just talking about the Central, you got teams like Columbus, Detroit, uh, Florida, Pittsburgh, Tampa, all in that division mixed in with the Blackhawks, um, Predators, um, and the Blues. So you'll have to figure stuff out with the playoffs, whether they do expanded playoffs, do the same thing where they do the 24 team in the play-in um, for another year, just until COVID settles down, um, hopefully sooner rather than later. It'll be very interesting to see, but... Um, until we hear otherwise, they do think that the deal has to get done within the next few weeks or so if they truly want to get the January start date done because we are approaching December very quickly. So to get training camps done, you know, let teams finish off signing their draft picks, free agency getting done, um, letting more players sign and getting them into their cities, letting people kind of move back into their cities because a lot of players have, you know, homes that isn't in the place that they play at. You know, guys like, you know, using the Sabres example, Taylor Hall, Jeff Skinner, those guys live in Toronto. So for them to come over, um, you know, they got to get the grant from the Canada and stuff because they're not going to be able to really go back in until probably playoff time. I'd anticipate they're probably going to do another bubble in um, both Toronto and Edmonton. We'll see if that works out again, but we'll have to wait and see on that. But that's going to do it for today's episode. Appreciate everyone for tuning in. I'll be back again on Monday. Um, talking some more Bills and Sabres stuff. The Bills are on a bye week, so I'm going to kind of, you know, talk about their season going forward. 
Um, hopefully we'll get some more NHL news with the Sabres by then in a few days. Then next Friday, me and Zach will be back for another long NBA podcast episode. So many things going on. Chris Paul going to the Suns. Drew Holiday getting traded to the Bucks. A lot of big free agent signings. Gallinari, Gordon Hayward, all sorts of moves. We might touch on the draft a little bit more, but we're also going to be going over our top 10 shooting guards um, next week. We went over point guards last week, so we'll be doing shooting guards this week. And then, you know, small forwards, power forward centers going forward, um, as well as, you know, predicting the playoffs for both East and West before the season starts. But thank you again for tuning in. Hope everyone's staying safe and healthy. This has been English Encore Podcast, Buffalo's favorite sports channel.